is Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Absolute Rally, episode three, season 26. <sighs> Just let that wash over you for a second. Season 26. And it's always important to, to highlight the episode number and the season number, especially for my friend and yours, Trevor Agnew. Hello, Trevor. Hey, <laughs> Snigger. That's terrible. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, we're doing everyone and making sure no one's doing us, Trev, but failing. Mm. Um, <laughs> failing dramatically at that. Um, Season 26. Yes, I know. Mm. And that so order, it's heading towards becoming a 30-something. Uh, I wouldn't hold your breath on that. Uh, <laughs> and that other voice you've just heard, of course, is is, is the the big man in WRC, John Desperate. There you go. Be a very, I am the world's biggest rally commentator. But you know what? Only d- by dint of the fact that I'm two metres tall. Well, I, do you but, know what? but d- Seb Marshall's coming along nicely when he eats proper food and doesn't get sick in hotels in Sardinia, uh, because he and I are the twin towers of the WRC. I, uh, I, there was a picture going round, and it was one of those ones that people were kind of commenting on. It was this picture of this massive door in London, and lots of people make <laughs> reference to it, and it was like, oh, that's where Peter Crouch lives, or that's who... Uh, yeah. And I was... I, I, did mean to share it and go this is john's yeah. house yeah um, I see it. yeah yeah i was going to do that and then the reason why i didn't do it john right and yeah. I, I realize now i'm about to massively contradict myself with your intro is the yeah. fact that to me me doing that would have been the equivalent of you making some kind of really really <laughs> clumsy reference to your radio being nicked or your wheel trims being nicked by me <laughs> Well, it would be a clumsy reference because all my references are clumsy. You know yeah. that clumsy is my middle name. Yeah. But uh, yeah, given the chance to do anything like that, I would. I would jump in with both feet. Okay, fair dues. Um, we, we we haven't got birthday boy with us this week, Ryan Champion. We've gave him his birthday off. Um, yeah. So happy do we know birth- how old he is? Well, we've just what been allowed to say we've just been debating that. So um, we're a similar age, Ryan and I, and I think Ryan's a little bit older than me. So I think Ryan's forty-eight. Is that vintage? I think yeah, it if he was. A, if he was a car, you wouldn't need an MOT for that, would you? Um, no, I won't make any references to to, to, to any type of mop for, for for Ryan Champion. I think it's inappropriate. But no, I don't think he does. I think he's allowed. I think he'd be tax free as well. <laughs> is it which, a classic? Which, which is what a Yorkshireman always wants to hear, doesn't it? He's <laughs> uh, forty-seven. He's forty-seven today. Yeah. Where did you find that out? Is that has he got a Wikipedia page? No. Of course he has, yeah. He hasn't. Do you know what it is? And I got a message about this. Trev, I don't know whether you were with us the other week, but somebody from EWRC was listening. Uh episode <laughs> one would it have been. And we all was kind of talking about our profile pictures and stuff. Well, somebody contacted me from EWRC and said, if you'd all like to send us your updates of profile pictures, really? we will update all your individual <laughs> EWRC profile. So, uh, oh, yeah, John Hawkes dropped just, me a message. So, bless you, John. I know just the photograph I'll send to EWRC, and it's not a current one. It's at least 35 years old. People then think I'm about, you know, 20 or something. Because, as you all know, I have a very long face at the moment after the haircut. Well, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I'm on the same page yeah. as you. But listen, uh, we're going to go into footer to use a football term, Trev, straight away. We're going to go into Rally Sardinia. Now, um, as ever, we never talk about results. We always assume everybody has, has done their results. But I wrote down some names. On including a us. <laughs> yeah, including us. Uh, I wrote some names down on a pad. I was I was kind of watching it and watching the TT as well. And I was kind of, it was a bit of a motorsport fest, to be honest with you, at the weekend. Um and um, as I was kind of going along, I just wrote down names. And then I watched the coverage, of course, voiced by our own John Desborough, um, uh, highlights package. And those names still remain constant. So I'm going to come to you first. Um, and I'll, I'll just list the names. I had Craig Breen. And Craig Breen, um, I think, just, apart from stating the bleeding obvious here, really needed that mm. trev yes oh john we'll go to john first no no trevor you go first yeah he uh, i was just trying to think of three words to sum it up great not perfect but he definitely uh did a good job over the weekend a uh, couple of small little issues concentration issues maybe whatever just not judging the conditions but uh yeah solid solid job and it's brilliant to see both him and paul uh, come out with another podium, which seems to be his favourite place. <laughs> um, 
So if you think of last year, and of course, uh, apart from Safari, some events coming up where he can he can really get his teeth into again, and, and just proof again that that Puma is an awesome machine. Um, can we talk a little bit about the red flag um, situation that happened, Trev? <laughs> I don't know whether you, you, you're across this at all. Um, uh, yeah. I've yeah. I, I, I seen it. With, obviously, I've seen it with Craig. I really fell for him um, because, you know, as a driver or, you know, not quite obviously WRC driver to encounter something like that it, it, and a co-driver, of course, is, is very, very difficult because, you know, you, you, you don't know what's happened. You don't know why there's been a red flag. And, you know, there, there seems to be a lot of confusion at stage end, especially obviously with the tracker in the car as well. I think they were making reference to that, watching the onboards. What, what, what was your take on it? Uh, exactly what Craig and Paul did. Red flag means red flag, and we don't know. Uh, you know, it could have been a spectator just up the road had a problem and uh, they needed an ambulance, and we don't know. Red flag to me means you stop. And you know, it was as obvious as it was. And I think that the just Craig's clarification was to Paul: Did you see it? Yeah, we both saw it. You and Kankinen saw it. Yeah. <laughs> and he saw it much later as well, or a little bit later uh, in the live feed as well. So I think it would be very hard to miss the red flag, Tony. I would have thought if you drove past it. Yeah, uh, and 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 that was that was. And I, I suppose John, with with technology the way it is now as well, and the way we watch the yeah. onboards and the way the live streams there as well. Um, for me personally, I'd feel quite comfortable the fact that, yeah, you know, it's red flag to red flag, you stop. And I would have a very strong argument if, if anything was kind of to the detriment so, uh, almost of me slowing down. Exactly that. Technology will come out on your side if you've done the right thing. Um, and it would do because you're never alone with the camera and you're never alone with um, all live. So the technology, if you've done the right thing, will come out on your side in any kind of argument afterwards. And, you know, I think it was uh, UR Kankinen that made everybody sit up in rally control and all the other teams. And um, if, you know, UR Kankinen has spotted it, then everybody uh, needs, needed to know about it or had spotted it. But uh, Trevor's absolutely right. Both of them in that car saw it. You, you have to slow for the same reasons that Trevor said. But I saw it and thought, that's a man wearing a red T-shirt. Because uh, they went past that fast, I needed a slow-mo to actually see that that was a man standing there with a flag. But I thought to myself, how do I know that's a flag? I, nobody showed me a red flag before I started off and said, this is a red flag if you see one of these. When was the last time Craig Breen saw a red flag? And you, who is reference point, and could look at a red flag and say, that's a red flag. Um, but if in doubt, I would say stop and let the technology sort it out afterwards. And thankfully they did. But, you know... The nature of the sport is such that those sorts of things are going to happen because we compete over such a large area. You rely on such a large number of people and you also take for granted that they know what they're doing when they wave that red flag at you. But once again, I go back and say the technology was on the side of fact and uh, the correct decision. Yeah, no, absolutely. But Trev, you know, obviously we know it was the right thing to do, but just kind of going back to, to your days and even, you know, obviously I'm still doing national events and stuff like that. Um, uh, it, it's incredibly difficult, even at the speed I go sometimes when you, you, you see stuff and you, you, you can, it's, it's easily dismissed because, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. Cause you, you kind of focused on the job. I think, I think Craig deserves some credit here as well. Yeah, I, I, yeah, of course, but you know, red flag, red flag, anything like that. I, I would have a strong argument as to why a driver wouldn't go on, no matter how determined he was. You know, I, I, you, you got to do the right thing at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, you have to remember the other thing that these drivers, their 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 vision's incredible. Like the peripheral vision is just nuts. I remember being on stage end once, and and one of the drivers coming off and saying that it spotted virtually spotted a corner of a bumper of a car in front, and knew whose it was, land at the side of the road. So that's <laughs> the the vision that those guys have is incredible. That's why uh, rally drivers and Batak walls are are usually good news. Uh, they're they're good at that type of thing. So, um, and there's certainly a lot more awareness now, Tony, and even you know the 20 years ago when I was competing. So I'd like to think that everybody's trying to look after everybody else, and uh, that not, doesn't just include fellow competitors; includes those people stood on the bank uh, watching as well. No, absolutely, absolutely. And say so just, 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 just credit to Craig, and, and I think just, just going back obviously to to, to M Sports efforts, um, you know, 
uh, the other name I wrote down from M Sport wasn't wasn't Gus or wasn't Adrian Formo. It was Pierre Louis Lebert who, mm-hmm. and I wrote that down, John, very very early on. So I'm not being an after-timer here, but he just kind of went about his business in a in a very kind of thorough manner, uh, mm-hmm. non-spectacular. And again, we talk about Craig maybe needing that result. Gee whiz, did this boy need that result in, in his WRC career? Well, Craig needed it because he's nominally the team leader because he's got nominally a two-year contract and he's going to do all the rounds. So he's going to be the, the longest and, uh, you know, since Monte Carlo, something hadn't happened and having a podium is lots of good awareness and it's good to, you know, to promote a podium. It's a picture you can put on the mantelpiece, so to speak. But Pierre Louis Loubet was the bonus, wasn't it? I mean, that was the, the kind of the second card that was high value, a little bit like Danny Sordo. And you need to have those people around. I was surprised it was going to be Loubet. Former, I think, was under orders to finish. But, you know, uh, I'd hate to criticize Former for not finishing that day because apparently the heat was just intense the heat in the cars is intense and the temperature that they've not known before so you know brain fade was probably very very likely but Lube didn't have that brain fade and the two of them him and Vincent managed to keep it together and it's a fabulous result and you know you know what the sport's like it, just, it must lift him he must have wanted his next round to start immediately so he could get back out and carry on because he must have thought I've sussed this now and maybe sussing it in um, Sardinia was knowing when you could push and when you couldn't and that was all the greater for Craig because a lot of those stages he didn't know as well as the other competitors who had done them before and I would guess that was the same case with Pierre Louis as well. Um, he had, his knowledge of them wasn't as good. So maybe with that in mind, they weren't filled with kind of, you know, arrogance and confidence and thought, yeah, I know this island. I've won here twice before. I know what I'm doing. So they just reined it in and played a little bit more conservatively. And it won. And overall, it was just the result that the championship needed. I think so, Trevor. We we talk about this all the time, and you know, I seem to remember this having conversation with regards to like the team of Sunan and people like that. And then you looked at this 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 kid, you kind of go, you know, was it too much too soon for him to be in that kind of fourth high end eye last year? You know, is he really ready? Did he need to take a backward step? Obviously, he was announced as you know with this program with M Sport, and um, you know, it, it was. You could imagine, you know, I remember, you know, I watched this, is, 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 is going through the final stage and, you know, just, just the, the joy on his face was just fantastic. And you just think, well, you know, this is where he wants to probably be kicking on now. Yeah, well, he's shown turns of speed in the past. We've seen that definitely. And, uh, it's just trying to put it all together consistently in a rally where you've got the performance. And of course, the start of the rally, he was up there. I think in the end, he was what, a minute behind Craig in the same car, but. You know, to get to get through an event, and um, it's bloody hard to finish fourth in a world championship rally uh, on stages that you're not familiar with, and to do it the way he did it, it'll give him great confidence. And it's just all about momentum. And John will know that from lots of other sports as well, uh, where if the momentum's with you and you're moving into the next rally fairly quickly, or at least you got a feel for it, then it's going to be a lot better. Um, and for Mo, you mentioned, I just felt so sorry for the for the lad. You know, I don't have any of the rest you noticed just before his incident he was wiping his eyes and that was a distraction I think it just took his focus away which ultimately led to the the crash and whatever that was whether it was heat or whether it was sweat or whatever you know he picked probably the wrong place to do it but you know when you're in those circumstances and those conditions uh, anything to try and get the relief you know it's like itching uh, scratching an itch yeah um he just I think he chose the wrong moment to do it, which is how he got distracted and went off. But you got a feel from it, you know. I think, in fairness to Rich Milner and M Sport, they've sort of taken that into consideration as well. Yeah, uh, you know, we, 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 as we're as we're talking about M Sport, obviously, we'll talk about Gus as well, John. Um, you know, Gus seems to have kind of, um, uh, you know, started off quite strong the season for him, and he just seems to have. Maybe he's trying too hard again. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe yeah, he needs to take be. that step back a little bit. Could be, you know, uh, let's, let's speculate as to the reasons why. 
Uh, I mean, on the Thursday night super special, I think it was, he said he hadn't gotten the intercom. There was a cable missing and he immediately blamed the team for the cable not being there. You know, I would have thought that was one of those things that as you did your checks beforehand, you would say, you know, there's, there's this is missing. That's not where it should be. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't be blaming the team that early and being that public about it. So maybe the heat had already got to him by that point. Or he thought, you know, at this stage of the season, I deserve a bit better. I should be doing a bit better. And the more the weekend went on, the more humble he got and the more sort of contrition he had. And he realised that actually he just he just hadn't sorted it out. And uh, Sardinia, I kind of think at the whole event is a mixture of those kind of gnarly, narrow roads with big lumps of bedrock in where you've just got to tiptoe through. And then finally, when you do come to a stage where you can get up through the gearbox and get going, you must be, you know, so relieved to be finally back up at rallying competitive speed. You think, yeah, this is great. And then along comes the next really narrow, narrow, horrible stage with, you know, dry stone walls one side and undergrowth the other. And you're still in that fast stage mentality. Yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, it was the two. It was the two types, wasn't it? It was the technical and the fast. And you had to realize when you were in which one. Trev, um, some of those stages that were on at the weekend, were they some of the stages you did back in the day? Uh, well, no, we were mostly all BBS. Of course, you do okay. some like Monte Lerno and, and uh, stages like that. But yeah, John described them brilliantly there. You know, the, that combination. I remember uh, Esa Pekalapi went off into a dry stone wall in must have been 2015. And uh, yeah, you wouldn't imagine that in Sardinia and just the conditions that they have and a very sandy rally. You're absolutely right. You know, it's it's tricky sometimes to get into the flow with the change in those. And especially if you're having a couple of little issues and you get frustrated, it's uh, it's hard to maintain that flow. Uh, that might have affected Gus this time. Just talking about, obviously, um, we've, we've, we've talked about Gus and obviously what happened with Adrian Formo as well. Um, uh, another man who seems to be massively struggling again is Thierry, and you know it's it, you know there's, there's obviously issues that he's had with the card, and obviously his, 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 it seems like his own issues as well. It, it kind of seems to be like fifty fifty from 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 an outsider looking in. Trev, what do you make of it? I just don't understand his strategy on the Saturday. Uh, I, I couldn't work that one out, taking one spare wheel and going flat out. Um, I don't know what he's trying to achieve by that, whether he just feels that that's the way he has to drive the car or he's just trying to get his own buzz out of the rally rather than just trying to get manufacturer's points, go for power stage points on the Sunday. But it just didn't make a lot of sense for me, that one. And, you know, he's clearly frustrated. Uh, he seems to be the one that, well, ultimately, up until this weekend, he was the one that was getting the best out of the Hyundai. And, of course, Tanak took it one level higher. Um and I, I, there's probably a range of frustration in there, and just uh, I, I don't know about you guys. So, so, I, underst- I didn't understand that Saturday strategy. No, I, 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 mm. I was on the same page. And just before I bring you in, John, I just wonder whether this this is one of those situations. And you know, I realise obviously, obviously, I won, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But is this one of those moments where you know th- there isn't um, a definitive? Leader, I don't think in in place, you know, in in permanent place at the moment is the John Hyundai. Is that is is the appointment being made? No, as far as I know, it is it's Julian Monse who's still in charge. He's still, is it, that, that, that's kind of like a care, <laughs> a care yeah, I don't know what the reasons for yeah. that are. Uh, I don't know whether he's you know eased into those shoes and said, look, you know, there's nobody coming along for a while. We're in vacancy, so uh, I'm going to make all the big calls. Yeah, and maybe one of the calls had upset uh, Thierry and gone against him. I don't know, but, but I always look at Thierry and think, why are you overthinking this? Right next to you is this now calm, cool Estonian who seemed to have the whole weekend sussed, you know, whether it just works out for him on that Saturday afternoon when he seemed to have an issue as well. But then suddenly, lo and behold, we lose the final two stages of the Saturday afternoon, which played into his hands in a big way. And we won't learn the detail of, I don't think, for a long time as to how good and how valuable that was to Oit's rally weekend. But Thierry just seems to get in such a sort of, you know, such a strop and such a, uh, you know, it's like he's got a bee in his bonnet about something. And you just wanted to stop overthinking it and, you know, just just drive the thing and drive what's in front of you. Trev, is that a management thing is where I was trying to get to, I suppose, with this, that perhaps if there was a definitive, you know, um, management there, where, you know, you just think about, obviously, you know, we know, obviously, previously it was a Darmon before that, um, 
various others as well. But we're just at a point where you just wonder whether if if there was a, a team leader there, you know, whether it would be, you know, like a Malcolm Wilson or a Rich Milner or, or, or you know, uh, uh, you know, some experience there, somebody going, no, Terry, you, you, going out with one spare after what's happened is not the way to go. And we want you to do a job today. Yeah, you just don't know. It's pure speculation or point uh, as to what's happening there but it just it was illogical and it's something that happened uh, it could be you know Terry saying okay I'm frustrated this is what I'm going to do this is how I'm going to get the best out of the weekend and you know he was going to do it if it was down to him who knows it could have been the team said listen go out and try mm. and wring its neck and see what's happening but we, we don't know if you want to speculate well on, on that obviously we've we, 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 we made reference to him often enough now, Oitanak obviously winning the event, John. Um, you know, obviously he was very vocal uh, mm. at the end of Portugal. Um, and what's changed, I suppose, is, is, is the big question. Well, I've, we got away with Saturday afternoon, I think, when we'll never find out quite what the issue is, was with his car, but he wouldn't have to put it through two more stages and break the thing. So, uh, you know, we all went home and he carried on on Sunday and won. But I think he's got a list, he's got a snag list on that car, which he won't talk about because quite rightly he's being loyal to the team and he wants these issues fixed. And it may be there's still a vacuum in the management area that he wants to get an answer from to get these things fixed. You know, Julien Monset, maybe that one, but maybe he's saying, well, no, it's not for me to decide because we're waiting for the, you know, the head honcho to come along. Uh, but you know, the, the longer it went on, the more it played into Hoyt's hands. He had, Trying to think where Oit's road position was. Is he fourth or fifth or something in the championship at that point? I think he was fourth. So he would have been fourth on the road. So he survived. He had a good Friday and didn't drop too far. Um, but I still think he's got a snag list there that says, you know, this isn't right and that isn't right and that isn't right. And actually, for the two that survived who thought they weren't going to, Craig and Oit both said, you know, these cars have got great potential when fill in the blanks we sort out you know the a the b the c and the d um and oit has got a list of things he wants done on that car i'm sure of it to me trev that uh, oit's drive at the weekend and watching it you know i'm always fascinated by oit's stage ends and his interviews and, and everything else. I, th- I find him a fascinating character. I think it probably stems from Titanic the movie because I, I just loved it. I just loved his, <laughs> it, 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 the way he lives his life as much as anything. You know, he's a very unassuming character in, in, in some ways. Um, that was possibly one of the most world championship-like drives I've seen him do for quite some time since he won the world championship. Yeah, and he was very, uh, he was able to share a lot of it with us, which, uh, I was surprised at some of the stage end comments. He was, you know, he was very descriptive and he was opening up to, uh, to a lot of it. He seemed, I don't know if the word relaxed is right, but he certainly was open and, uh, it was great, great to hear from him. You know, as John knows, and you get, you sit down with him off stage and he's not under that pressure, you can have a great chat with him. But, uh, sometimes depending on his mood, uh, and how he's feeling at the time, you won't get that but you know when he's on form like that and you know the car held together this time let's face it and uh, it worked and they got to the end they got a result it might be trevor that oita said uh Callas won three in a row back to back championship's gone in my mind i'm just going to drive this thing and i'm just going to have some fun and uh, i'm not going to win the championship this year so why put myself under that pressure you know if anybody says to me don't forget the championship i'm not uh, i'm not even going to think of that so this weekend i'm just going to go out and be a rally driver and drive whatever comes up in front of me and not think about the state of the championship and by putting that out of his mind he felt a kind of freer more liberated more confident relaxed kind of a guy I think there might be something. I was trying to think of the analogy, Trev. I know you like an analogy as well, but it was with regard to, um, you, you know, you can put so much effort into working with the car and working with setups and stuff like that. But you will, it'll always be outweighed by installing more confidence into the driver. And that's a really clumsy way of me trying to get the analogy that I'm trying to get to, and I'll think of it more succinctly probably when we finish recording this, but it, it was along those lines. And I just wonder where perhaps his confidence has come from, or indeed, like John said, you know, um, may, maybe it is a case of, well, championship's gone. <laughs> you know, that's just, that's just going yeah, but also, yeah, I think the way John described the roads earlier, the, the effect, you know, 
maybe didn't lose the performance that they would in a different type of rally on this one. So therefore, the car was more competitive um, on those types of roads. So that that might be the the deciding factor in this rally. If um, if I can talk about the other name I had on my pad in in, in WRC one, um, and it, there was there was one other, um, and it was a Toyota driver. Now, ironically. For the weekend for Toyota wasn't a great weekend, and let's be honest, it's probably the first time we've said that in a long time since they came back into the championship. But again, John, uh, I'll come to you first. I think um, I don't think that people, uh, well, maybe they are, maybe rally fans are, but I think this is going to be one of those things in a few years' time where we go, could you remember how good he was? And I'm talking about Takamoto Katsuta. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a confidence driver for yeah. sure. Uh, often he does say to you, you know, I'm just driving to get to the end. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you look for things to say about Takamoto because he's so uh, self-deprecating. He's so modest. He's so calm. You know, occasionally I ask myself, why on earth is he in this team? But I realize that he's there for, you know, Japanese promotional for brand reasons. But now I think he's coming good. And I was saying to the guys on the production that now we need to get some cameras on this man and find out a little bit more about him because he's going to Kenya next, which is where he had that second place last year. And I would like to hear his account of how he managed to get that second place. You know, it might have been one of those cases where he just drove his own rally and waited for the other people to fall off, which, you know, as Trevor would tell you, worked every now and again. Um, And uh, he got some good points. But that was where people started to sit up and take notice of him. Now he's a whole year better off. Um, And it does work. His notes are very, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? They are very minimalist in a way. And Aaron's timing of them is fantastic. And I love his accent. I'm always trying to listen and watch for Tacker's notes and how he drives to them. But I think he's just getting he's getting better and better and better. I can do a good impression of Aaron Johnson if you want to hear it. <laughs> I was waiting. you know what? I was waiting. I was I left the gap purposely. <laughs> It's something like, uh, what is it? Just trying to get the direction right. Is it four right over 80, uh, 100? Watch out for the wee bump at the end of that wee strip there. No, I'd love him to say that. (laughs) To me, this is the other end of the spectrum to Thierry Nerva. I don't know about Martin Wiedegger's notes that that, uh, Thierry gives him. But for me, you know, I think to myself, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, you know, and it may be Sardinia is one of those places where you just want to keep it simple and, uh, you know, these things work. If memory serves, sorry to cut across, John, if memory serves, I think Dan is still involved as well. So Dan yes. Barrett, who's, who sat with him for, you know, Dan's been yeah. involved with Tacker off and on pretty much from when he first came into rally. And I know Dan's still uh, involved in some way, shape or form, kind of behind mm-hmm. the scenes as well. So obviously that's kind of where it started. And Aaron is, is, is you know, thanks for the impression um, <laughs> I think they've just kind of took it and run with it and clearly it works it does and I uh, in a way I'm thinking to myself what happens if Elvin gets his act together and if Kala carries on and Takamoto comes good you know we have had places where we've been looking at a Toyota 1, 2, 3 um, and I thought to myself, well, this ain't good for the championship in uh, May, um, which is why the result in Sardinia was nice. Sardinia, you know, blessed us and sorted the whole thing out and um, uh, get, uh, leveled things out a little bit more. But say, you know, t- say Taka really does get a grip of things, get his teeth into it, then uh, we're, we're in for we're in for quite some uh, season. But the other thing that um, that raised a question mark in my mind is Yari Matti wasn't there last weekend. He was off racing a hydrogen car. I was listening to Julian Porter's commentary. You know how he finds out all these things that he probably imagines are inconsequential to the viewers and listeners, but are actually quite interesting to me. Yari Matti was not there. Now, let me, let me try and think of a football analogy. We've been struggling for analogies. Alex Ferguson was not with his Manchester United team. You know, when they were in their 13th consecutive Premier League title or whatever the heck it was. Uh, yeah, how relaxed is that? Yanni Matic, come on. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Would, would you not fight for that and say, not a chance? From beginning of recce to 
end of podium. I am on this. No, I don't care who you are, Mr. T- uh, Mr. Toyota. I am not coming to drive your hydrogen car in whatever race it was. I didn't manage to fight. I think it was an endurance race. As a talent to Mr. Toyota, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but still, still, I mean, if you're Mr. Toyota, would you dare even ask him? You know, we all due respect, Mr. Toyota. We're trying to win this Chuffing Championship for you here, and I need to be part of it. Or is it a sign that actually things in that team tick so well? It's such a well-oiled machine that actually, you know, the people doing the work, you know what I mean by that, Tony and Trevor, the people actually doing the work are going, no, go on, Yari Matty, you go away, have a bit of fun. You deserved it. You know, leave it to us. We're all fine. You know, the blue-eyed boy, the ice uh, the ice king is going to win again. Um, and... Uh, it didn't tick well. It wasn't a well-oiled machine. Well, it wasn't a well-oiled machine from the point of view of his teammates, but um, I'll bring you back in, Trev. Uh, um, I'm still calling him Cali. I can't do the other. I can't do the other pronunciation. Sorry, it took me ages to get to Cali, um, Trev. But uh, Cali Rovenpera, um, um I think it was. I think it was an outstanding drive. Uh, in so many ways, um, I think it was very disciplined. I've seen his frustration at the end of the rally, which kind of thought, oh, OK, so there's, there's, there's obviously an inner, uh, an inner drive, which obviously, obviously he must have. But, you know, to, to see it kind of publicly, I suppose you, you kind of forget when the cameras are on, I, I guess. But um, there's an inner drive there. But to me, it was a very, very disciplined, took it on the chin. This is what it's going to be. Grind out result performance. Yeah, well, he, you know, he knows he's got a very command and leading the championship and he's, he's watched Ogier do exactly the same thing over the years and this very, well, there's a huge amount of very experienced people within Toyota without Yari Matty being there um, and, and they'll certainly make sure that he understands all of that. So, yeah, it's the right thing to do and then he's going off to Safari next where ultimately you want to be the fastest slow driver. Um, <laughs> when you get do, you, do you know what, Trev? <laughs> Do you though? And, and hear yeah. me out on this. I'm going to do because I'm really conscious of time because we're really pushed for time on this week's pop. But um, I was I, I, I was I was doing a little bit of digging and I was listening to some old stuff uh, and I was looking at stuff because I've been doing some work on Safari Rally recently. And I was looking at obviously when Toyota had their base out there and the, you know the the amount of testing that went on and you know having teams based out there and stuff. And yeah. then you look about reliability that they you know the issues that they had back then and then you look about. Now, you know, we're, we're just about all the teams are about to start flying out their cars for Safari. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no big pre, you know, three month worth of testing on Safari these days. It's done here. And then they go out and they do shakedown. That's yeah, they're it. Totally, totally different build cars as well. You know, yeah. and especially these cars are going out there at the minute. When you start knocking bits of bodywork off, you're not going to be able to replace them. Like even Super Rally, you'll struggle to get the bits back on them, I think. Um, what I've saw from the fantastic video that Howard Davis did up at M Sport when Malcolm was walking around the car. So that's a big consideration, I would have thought, going into Safari, but we'll, we'll probably cover that off on another program. Yeah, absolutely. Just absolutely. one other thing in Sardinia, Tony, is something I mentioned on social media, and it's something that over the years has always riled me a little bit. When they start to introduce an extra minute for the World Rally Cars, so WRC, the teams and drivers, in this case, on Saturday morning, it was always going to be dusty because, as we know, first thing in the morning, there's no wind. So they extended it out to four minutes. They found a way with Timo Routiano to do that. So those guys got four minutes. And I appreciate with the aerodynamics in those cars, they're going to generate a lot more dust. But everybody else was running the two minutes. And it happens regularly. And for me, if it's something that's happened in the past, and the weather conditions dictate that you're going to have to run at three minutes or potentially four minutes. You plan it into the rally. You don't last minute try and do it. So yeah. therefore, if it's four minutes for those top guys and two minutes for everybody else, what does that say about the welfare of the other crews who are two minutes apart? Yep. No, I, I completely get it. I did see that tweet and we've all we've all had to deal with dust at different times and you know trying to fight to get an extra minute at the best of times is very difficult on the day um so god knows what it's like to try and get two minutes no i, I completely agree uh, and i think there's uh, there's definitely there's definitely a conversation in you know uh, there was very, obviously there was always various people at the fia you just wonder whether this is i wonder whether there's a takeaway from them from this event on based on that um but who knows who knows um 
listen, I'm really conscious of time. We've got a couple of minutes before we, we, we need to wrap up this section, guys. Um, do you have any other business, Trevor Agnew? I'll just give you it. Okay. I've got a couple. Okay. First one, congratulations. Uh, great drive again by Chris Ingram. Um, third in WRC2 junior uh with Jan Solens and Nicola Greisling in front of him um but but for me in 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 the Skoda Fabia Freddie Loikes <laughs> WRC2 masters go on Freddie go on he's I just I drove his car once did he know yeah no 2001 October pre-shoot for Channel 4 show the world's greatest drivers sit in there deliver this line and then pull away and the guy from Mitsubishi said but don't put it into third gear it took me about 30 goes to start the thing. I, every time I lifted the clutch, it stopped. I think the cameraman had had enough. The sound man had left. They'd all bailed because Desmond could not make this thing move. But and I did get it into third gear. And they ended up pushing it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know how it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just, a, just a quick one uh, for me. Any other business? Um, completely unrelated. Could be any further away, actually, from WRC. One thing I am quite passionate about and things we, I've tried to help with, obviously, is people starting off in rallying, especially in the UK. Um, Sweet Lamb, which is a legendary place, is running a, a sprint um, later later this month. Um, just seek it out anywhere on, on the Facebook page, but the guys are on the pace noted involved. It's basically two stages repeated three times, uh, and it's a great way. One, if it's the first time you're going to go on gravel. Secondly, you know, first time on pace notes, and obviously that's something that the guys on the pace note are really, really passionate about. Seek it out. If you're going to go and have a dabble, something like that is perfect, and we are... We, we, we don't really have any kind of single venue gravel rallies like that. We used to have quite a few actually that happened in this country. They don't really happen that often now. Um, so if you are looking at stuff, go and seek that out. As I say, just, um, put in Sweet Lamb Sprint, uh, on the Facebook page and it'll pop up there for you. Uh, John, do you have any other business before we? Yes, my first any other business I'd like to follow on from you and say, could we talk to the winner or the organiser of that very sprint event at Sweet Lamb uh, about it and create a bit of awareness in it and hear about them and their experiences and learn from it and, you know, maybe use that as part of the show. That's the first thing. I'd be, I'm very interested in talking to them, yep. particularly the guy who won it. Um, and it might help, you know, somebody young and up and coming who's struggling to get a bit of budget or the rest of it. And uh, secondly, again, well done to Chris Ingram, who I think was utterly knackered at the end of his weekend in Sardinia. It is an entirely different experience in WRC2, I think, uh, to the people in WRC1 for a variety of reasons. But if you think to yourself, like me occasionally, oh, he's fourth again. Oh, oh he's fifth. This time, I think he was... Uh, was he fourth overall or fifth overall? I can't remember now. That's bad, isn't it? I think he fourth was third, overall. third in WRC, third two juniors, junior. Yeah. Fourth, I think, overall. So he just missed out on the podium. But fourth out of, I think it was 38. Yeah. And this is a guy who will tell you that he just he gets no chance to drive, gets no chance to test. He gets a go. He gets in the car. And normally in those circumstances, you put it into the first, you know, tightening ditch that you can find. But he persists and carries on. And he was top four they are fudge it out of 38 entries i think marvelous yeah marvelous no, result absolutely absolutely 26th of, 26th of june um the, the sweet lamb sprint stages so please seek that out gentlemen you are officially stood down for this week we will continue this right, chat next week uh we're going to go to a little break and then we're going to go we're going to go we're going to go irish uh art mccarrick who's just uh had a new appointment with, with, with motorsport ireland and we're going to be talking about his role and what's going on with the junior team and stuff like that so uh, we're back after this break with art mccarrick hi everyone this is john desborough commentator and presenter on the world rally championship i'm hoping you've seen my debut novel breaking point if you haven't check it out on ebay it's a roller coaster ride of deceit and blackmail from a golden age of the wrc and like a good rally it starts fast and gets faster breaking point by me john desborough on ebay now for 7.99 Hello, everyone. Welcome to the final section of Absolute Rally. As I say, we've we've been doing we've been doing stuff at the top. We've been doing WRC. We've got some other bits and pieces of you chat about at the top. But um, somebody I wanted to reach out to because he had such good news, and he's he, he, he's kind of been dotted throughout my life without realising it. And we've just been talking about it before we even started. So he was involved with Irish Corner back on Rally GB. Um, he's done a bit of cob cod pasting. Podcasting, even podcasting. <laughs> is that even a word? Yeah, that's, what we, that, that's what we call it over here. Yeah. Is that is that is that is that an Irish term for podcasting? Right, is, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can hear him now. Uh, competitor and, and and just got a new job, of course. So we're, 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 yes. we're, 
So Art McCarrick appointed Motorsport Ireland sporting manager. And what a photograph to accompany that as well. Yeah, to break out the blazer. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't wear that every day, but yeah, we had to had to wear that to the the official photograph. I love it. I love it. Listen, mate, that, welcome back. We were just talking then. The first time you were with us was Irish Corner Days. Yeah, is, back in back in 2014 when I I would have been working for Rally School Ireland at the time. I was their office manager at the time, and uh, wow. yeah, myself and a couple of friends decided we'd we'd uh, go and cause a bit of havoc over the over the forests in Wales, and then started with Motorsport Ireland the following June in 2015, and uh, been there ever since. And uh, hopefully, I'll be there for for a good while more. Okay, well, well, well. You know, all joking aside, you, you know, yeah. it's a, the appointment that's just being made, obviously, as as, as most sport island sport manager. Congratulations! Um, Thank you very much. Is this because you, you're still relatively a young man, really? In, in, yeah. In, in my in my world, anyway, you 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 you, you you're a bit of fetus. You know, I'm feeling old these days. Um, <laughs> is this kind of the cool? Is this is this where you were heading? Is this what you, you planned? Was this part of the plan or? No, it, it certainly wasn't um, planned. Um, but I suppose if you stick around long enough, okay. <laughs> usually these things uh, fall your way. But um, yeah, so when I started with Motorsport Ireland in 2015, I was hired as sport development officer. And that kind of strategic plan that I was hired under, um, pretty much six months into my job, we hit fairly significant uh, insurance difficulties um, and you know we had to place levies on entries and it wasn't a, a particularly great time for the for the sport and that kind of curtailed our strategic plan and because of that maybe what I was hired to do uh, changed somewhat and I became more much more involved in in the administrative um, end of the sport and then our next strategic plan, we had one year of that and then we hit COVID. Uh, and again, um, you know, there was lots of changes internally in, in the organization and uh, Motorsport Ireland as, as staff is only, we only have five staff. Um, so you have to get quite good uh, and quite up to speed with lots of different aspects of the sport. And um yeah, basically, as part of administrative restructuring in the uh, the organisation, um, this role um, came up, and um, the the board um, said that they would like me to go for it. And I suppose you're talking about age. I'm 34, but um, there's opportunity. Don't look at day over 21, Art. Don't oh, look at day over 21. There you go. There you go. So the, there's opportunity for for me to um to to grow into this role, and it's um I, I would hope you know kind of a uh, a long term appointment. But I, I certainly never thought when I started with with Motorsport Ireland in, in 2015 that um I'd be here. You know, I originally qualified as a a secondary school teacher back in in 2011. So if you'd asked me back then uh what I'd be working in or what I'd be doing in you know 10 12 years time. Uh, it's funny how these things work out, but what, what, uh, what subject? To, wait, what uh, subject? I've got to his, ask you. What history, subject? history, and geography. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought if you if you were to thrust out the history of the Irish Tarmac Championship, then I think yeah, yeah that's it. It's a, a no brainer. You would have been all over that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm still, I'm still a bit of a a nerd at heart for for that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, to the role, albeit I suppose. My actual day-to-day or my uh, responsibilities won't really change for the next month or two until we hire an extra pair of hands in the office so that I can um, offload some of my, without sounding too businessy here, offload (laughs) some of my my, micro tasks so I can focus on more macro ones. But um, that's uh, the next phase of... uh, of this, and I suppose like a lot of these things, there isn't really a, a manual for it, but um, I haven't learned uh, as much uh, as I have in the last, you know, 24 months. Um, really had to to get up to speed with, with lots of uh, lots of different areas of, of the sport, uh, and uh, that's the thing. I know this is a, a rally podcast, and I'm primarily from a rally background, but uh, you really have to be on, on top of 
every aspect, be it you know safety or technical or disciplines of the sport, you aren't you know particularly au fait with. Um, you need to be up to speed with that. So um, that's um, that's I suppose uh, really where it's uh, where it's heading, and uh, I'm, I'm delighted to. Delighted to have so it, uh, been appointed. So it is. So, so from your side, then is it rally or is it is it rally plus? You know, racing, rally cross. Or yeah. What? So we're uh, Motorsport Ireland has we have eleven different disciplines in the sport under our governance. So everything from go karts to sporting trials to navigation trials to rallies to circuit racing. Um, then we and each of those disciplines or many of those disciplines would have a, a sporting commission. That, that runs them so it's the rallies commission the race commission the trials commission hill climb and sprint so it'd be a lot of work with those um a lot of work with our affiliated clubs and then we would have specialist commissions like safety commission technical commission medical commission um so pretty much every aspect of our, our sport like that has a, okay. a a commission but they're all voluntary commissions and um i i'm i always have to remind myself it's extremely hard to hold volunteers to the same account as as professionals, but yep. um, they're responsible for a, a large part of our sport. So, um, whatever uh, the office, uh, the Motorsport Ireland office, can do to to help with some of the the heavy lifting, um, we'll we'll have to do that. And you've your corporate governance stuff, and I'll be the the main point of contact for Sport Ireland, who'd be the the Irish government, I suppose sport organisation and uh, be the main point of contact with um, the FIA now as well. How um, how, are the, how are other aspects of this? Because obviously we, we all yeah. know Irish rallying is, is absolutely yeah. booming at the moment. You know, you don't have to look at entries and stuff yeah. for our fives. How is it looking in other sectors? Look, not, not too bad. Um, it was funny, during COVID, um, our restrictions here in Ireland were, were quite high and when we could restart the sport, the the sport was on a, a gated events and ungated events. So rallying was actually the last events to start back. Uh, the gated events where there's one gate in and one gate out and you could control everything going in and out. Um, they saw a bit of a, a an upsurge. So numbers in racing would be up. Numbers in hill climbs and sprints would be up. Um, cart numbers are, are up. How much of that is pent-up demand after... COVID, I don't know. I'd be much more interested in what the figures are, you know, in the next two to three years. And obviously, it doesn't take a genius to figure out there's lots of uh, outside uh, economic factors at the minute that will play into uh, potentially where, you know, people's uh, spare um, income goes. And uh, it may not always be as good as it is now. But certainly, um, you know, our license numbers are up. We took a bit of time during COVID to see what we could do to restructure things a little bit because in many ways it was the perfect opportunity with the, the chessboard turned upside down. It would have been silly to put all the pieces back in the same place. So we, we, <laughs> we What a great we, analogy, by the way. Bearing in mind yeah, something we were talking yeah. about on last week's episode, but still, sorry, got it on. Yeah, but we, we restructured our rally calendar. So we kept our international events and our forestry events, but our national events would have been... Uh, the national championship runs eight rallies uh, in the championship one year and eight rallies in the next year. So we basically said, um, if you're not in the championship, you don't run. So those events run every second year. Um, the mini stages events, which there's four of the same as that, we divided them out and they run every second year. So we basically did a 24-month rally calendar and that has spread out um, entries. It has spread out events geographically it has made it a little bit easier for volunteers and stewards and marshals and uh, everyone uh, who gives up their their weekends and we tried to take into account uh, as much as we could to avoid direct clashes with uh, events in northern ireland or in the uk Uh, and that has certainly helped this year, um, next year will be the second year of that. So we'll have a look at it. And the other thing we did was we brought in 12-month national licences. Just as a sentence, that doesn't sound too groundbreaking, but international licences have to be January to December um, because of FIA rules. And the majority of ASNs across the world 
have their national licenses January to December. So we had a look at it and obviously, you know, if you renew your license in September to do your local rally, you're paying full price for a license that'll run out at the end of December. It doesn't make much sense. So we looked at it and there was nothing to stop us changing the uh, the parameters of a, a national license. So it's 12 months from the date of issue. So if I renew my license today uh, or any day in June, it will run out at the end of next May. Um, and that has given everyone when they renew uh, a 12 month license so the the customer okay. is getting a little bit better value and if you have a license for longer you're more likely to to use it uh, and it's an incentive for people especially at the tail end of the year maybe to get out to do their local event um but they're not paying full whack for a license that's that's only going to do them a month so um that has been beneficial across all disciplines, but we're really only seeing the, the fruit of that this year because license renewals weren't particularly high in, in 2020 or 2021. So we're really only starting to see that now. It also spreads out the workload in the office too. You don't have a, a massive load of renewals in January. Yeah. Um, so from a, a business perspective, um, you know, cash flow throughout the year and everything like that, it's uh, it's a little bit better. So the simple uh, things. It's the simple things, mate. It's, it's, it, it's, it's just really it, refreshing to hear. It's, you know, it's kind of quite obvious when people kind of just put it out there like that, isn't it? Yeah, and maybe you know that that's where having someone uh, in a position or decision-making role within a governing body when you're uh, you're not the referee that hasn't played the game. You know, if you if you have a bit of competitor's experience or you hold a competition license, you know, sometimes you do see things from the, the competitor's perspective and you also see things from the other side. And, and that was something that struck me that was um, very simple. And I wouldn't be surprised if other NGBs uh, go that way. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something we went with and it's, we're starting to really see the benefits of it, of it this year. Brilliant. Listen, mate, um, thank you so much for joining us. Because no one, one, I wanted to congratulate you. Two, as you pointed out, it's seven or eight years since we first had you on, yeah. so we should probably yeah. do something. Uh, and, and secondly, just to hear you know, some of the fresh things that are happening over within Motorsport yeah. Ireland as well. So, no, that's been fantastic. Yeah, no, no, it's, uh, it's great. And, um, yeah, obviously, just what I was saying there, developing motorsport at home is great you know we've also kept on the uh, the Team Ireland Foundation which is funding the Motorsport Ireland Rally Academy and you know we've Irish guys pretty much dominating the junior BRC and we have WRC2 and WRC3 representation and um, Alex Dunn in racing he's leading the British F4 and the Italian F4 championship so wow. um, at home and abroad it's good at the moment but it won't always be that way. There won't always be good days. So that's kind of uh, part of my uh, part of my remit now is um, to try and keep a, a steady hand on on the tiller. And um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll be a, a, an exciting period for myself and for Irish motorsport. Great, great. Listen, very best of luck with the position. Thanks very much, Tony. Uh, as I say, it's just great to get you back on, folks. That has been Absolute Rally for this week. We'll be back same time, same place in the podcast hall next week. Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.